got a Bible, if you want to turn to Colossians chapter 1 and verse 9. And what I'm going to be doing is reading Paul's prayer to the church in Colossae. And prayer is this wonderful thing. It's a thing of both thanksgiving. We'll see Paul thanking God for what God has done. It's also a, 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 an asking God for the spiritual resources for the Colossian church to be able to fulfill the mission of Jesus. And so it says, and so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. So as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. May you be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. So in this amazing prayer of Paul, he is reminding them of what God has done, is reminding them of the resources of heaven and asking for the spiritual resources of heaven. And in this book, it's really a book of reminding the people of God to be who they have been called to do or be who they've been called to be. And this opening, this little prayer has some powerful stuff about our identity. Identity is who we believe we are. Identity is the conclusions we come to about ourselves. And that's both a personal thing and a corporate family church thing. Our identity as a group of believers is actually identity, what we believe we are, who we believe we are, that actually shapes our behaviour. Our behaviour, what we do, how we conduct ourselves is shaped by who we believe we are, who we believe God has made us to be. It shapes the way we live. That the believer is not called to modify their behaviour and uh, just kind of try and change themselves, but actually are called to believe what Jesus says they are and what Jesus has done for them. So this book is reminding us of who Jesus is, what Jesus has done, and how we are to live in the light of our new identity. So I'm going to talk about how this prayer impacts us to live as a community shaped by the identity we're called according to and shaped by Jesus. So what does this book, what does this prayer, sorry, tell us about who you and I already are? And he says, um, he says, giving thanks to the father who has qualified you, qualified you. So each and every one of us who have come to know Jesus, who trust in Jesus as our Lord and Saviour, are already qualified. To be qualified means that all the requirements and all the conditions that are necessary for us to have a relationship with God have already been met in the work of the Lord Jesus. In other words, we already live from the smile of God. We're not behaving that God might smile. 
we already have his smile and that influences how we live. Or we're not living in order to get connection and intimacy and acceptance from God. We're living because our identity is we're already beloved sons and daughters who are already connected to God and accepted by God. And he says this, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you. Qualified for what? To share in the inheritance of the saints in light. That each of us have an equal share of the inheritance. That all of us have an inheritance. What's that inheritance? Equal access to the Father of lights. All of us have equal access to the glorious brilliance of God. No one has more access and no one has less access because we've all been qualified to enjoy our inheritance. So we are qualified to enjoy our relationship with God. And then Paul goes on to thank God for the way that this was achieved. How did we get to the place of being able to enjoy the brilliance of God? He's qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints. Verse 14, 13. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. How did we get there? How did you and I get to this place of enjoying this amazing position, this incredible identity? We got there. Was it our, our good behavior? Was it our efforts? No, Paul is saying he delivered us. Delivered us is referring to an image really that comes from the book of Exodus, where the people of Israel were in slavery and bondage in Egypt. And it says that God delivered them. And just as God delivered the people of Israel from Egypt, so we who were previously slaves have now been set free by God. He has delivered us. He talks about our redemption, which again is another word referring to our liberation. We have been set free. We are no longer captives. We have been delivered, redeemed from the reality of being in the kingdom of darkness, in the realm of Satan, sin and death. That's who we are. That's something God has done for us. And then he says forgiveness. We've received forgiveness. That means our debt has been paid. That means that we are no longer ever going to be punished for our sins. That's your past sin. That's your present sins, the things that we do or don't do. And that's any future sin that we may do. All of that has now been completely forgiven. That's why we're qualified, because we are forgiven. And then it goes on to talk in this prayer of who we are now, who we are now. We have been transformed third into the kingdom of his beloved son. Notice that it says he has transferred us. It's enjoyed as an individual, but we are a family who have been transferred to the kingdom of Jesus that we have an identity 
as individuals. But Paul is talking to a church here, a family, believers. He's saying, we have, you have, I have, collectively, we have been transferred to the kingdom of Jesus. What is a kingdom? A kingdom is ruled by a king. A kingdom is ruled by Jesus. If we are now transferred into a kingdom, what does that make you and me? It makes us royalty. So if you want to know your identity, you are a royal son or daughter of King Jesus. The King of Kings has qualified you to become a son and daughter of the King. Galatians talks about the spirit that cries out, Abba, Father. We are a royal family. We are royalties. We are sons and daughters of King Jesus. You are a prince. You are a princess. You have full free adoption. You are an heir. You are part of Jesus's new community. That's who we are. We're not just a peculiar bunch of people who like singing songs and go to a meeting. We are new creation. We have literally been born again of the spirit. We have been transferred from one realm, darkness, into another realm, light. That's our identity. And so then Paul says this. He says, OK, that's who we are. And he prays for them. He says, I pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. So as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work, increasing in the knowledge of God. May you be strengthened with all power, according to his glorious might, with all endurance and patience and joy. So we are a kingdom people. We are new creations and we're, we're, we're a new community. The Bible talks about this. There's two races on planet Earth, really. There's the men and women who were born in Adam and then through, through the finished work of Christ were transformed third into the second Adam, Jesus. And Paul goes on to talk about spiritual resources to live out this spiritual new identity. How does this identity shape how we live? And Paul says, walk in a manner that pleases the Lord. Walk in the kind of thinking of the Bible is how we live, how we live, how we walk, how we do our day to day. He's saying you've got this brand new identity. Now walk in a manner that's pleasing to God, that's worthy of God. Walk in the dignity of your royal identity. Is that then saying that if we walk in a certain way, we're going to get acceptance from God? And if we walk in another way that God will reject us? No, we've already seen we are qualified. We are forgiven. We are delivered. We are redeemed. It's already happened. That's all that Christ has already done. He's saying now in the light of what Christ has done, walk it out. Walk it out. Live it out. Your royal identity. We need our hearts to come into alignment, into agreement with the identity that Christ has already secured for us. We need to see ourselves and see one another according to our royal identity. And for that, Paul says, I'm praying that you might have spiritual wisdom. In other words, he's praying that the Holy Spirit 
would give spiritual wisdom. So the way that we see ourselves and the way that we see our one another and the way that we see the church is coming alive in our hearts and minds because we have been given Holy Spirit revelation, Holy Spirit wisdom. I and you and I need to see ourselves and other people and our circumstances and the church family and our future according to the way that he sees how he thinks and how he concludes in order to see everything according to the way that Jesus sees them Paul is praying you're going to need something and you're going to need Holy Spirit wisdom you're going to need wisdom from above you're going to need supernatural capacity to see your royal identity to see your dignity and to see who you are so we are, you and I are, this community, this church is made up of children of light. That's who we are. We're royal sons and daughters. We've been transferred from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. Every single believer has been qualified. Every one of us has access to the father of brilliance. And now we're to live with our minds fixed on the reality of who we really are so that our words and our attitudes and our works all come into alignment with the truth of our royal identity in the light of who we are. And so he, he talks about a way that's pleasing to God. He talks about bearing fruit in every good work, that as we're living our lives and walking with him, we're called to bear fruit. So in other words, he calls the believer and says, because of who you are, because of your identity, because of the wonderful position that you have in Christ, he calls us out of laziness or passivity or powerlessness to fruitfulness. We are called to bear fruit. He says that he prays that they might have be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance. There's supernatural Holy Spirit power. So we move from wanting to quit to having endurance. He talks about power that causes us to have all patience with joy so that we move from moodiness to patience with joy. I want to land with just a couple of thoughts. So we get into the kingdom through the work of the Holy Spirit. People say, you know, you must be born again. Actually, you can't make yourself born again. No more than a baby can decide to be born. <laughs> Jesus said that to Nicodemus, a baby being born is a will of the flesh, it's the will of the mum and the dad. A person being born again is the will of the spirit, the will of the father, the will of the son. No one can make themselves born again. It's a gift from God. And so we get in and we get this qualification, this acceptance, this love, this complete permission to have intimacy with God that's never going to be taken away. Then we get to walk it out in the world, not in just individually, but as a family, demonstrating the fact that we are new creation, that we're a new humanity, that we're a new people, that we're born from above. We're supernatural beings who are now in right relationship with God. And we demonstrate that by the way we walk, by the way we talk, by our priorities, by the way that we love one another. And so wisdom from heaven and understanding about our new identity and knowledge 
actually leads us to practically walk out a new life. Not because wisdom and revelation and knowledge just gives us a set of laws to keep, but because the revelation that God gives also comes completely equipped with the power to walk out what the revelation calls us to walk out. That when we hear that we can be fruitful, when we hear that you and I can live lives of radical uh, wonder together that displays Christ, that when we hear that we're part of a new family under the headship of Jesus, when we hear these things, doesn't it make us in our hearts say, I want to live according to the glorious calling that I have? It says later on in Colossians, we fix our mind above where Christ is seated. It talks about our, 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 our trajectory to the new heaven, the new earth, that we are new creatures and one day we're going to have new bodies in a new heaven and new earth. One day... Um, we're going to see Jesus face to face. And so when we hear about the hope that we have, it also comes with power to make radical decisions. I'm part of a new family. I've got a new identity. I'm a royal believer. So suddenly we have this desire in our hearts that says, you know what? It's no longer about my preferences. It's actually about everything coming under the headship of Jesus. It's a part of this whole family displaying the glory of who Jesus is. In other words, the Bible, when it gives wisdom and revelation, it also comes with the power to be obedient to the revelation. So the, the command, be fruitful, live pleasing, isn't on its own. It also comes with supernatural God capacity to actually live it out. So when someone gets a revelation that I'm not just a forgiven sinner i'm a saint i'm not just a saint i'm a royal heir i'm not just a royal heir i'm in a family of royalty we're not just in a family of royalty we're a people called to extend the kingdom of god we're going to extend the kingdom of god by walking in ways that are pleasing to god by putting on display the new creation reality that jesus has made possible for his life death and resurrection Anybody getting a little excited, anybody thinking I've got a high calling, anybody thinking this is going to get better and better, that we're on our way to new heaven, new earth, new body. We're a, we're a radical new people. And that excitement that you feel that, you know what, I want to live for this. That's the Holy Spirit causing you to say, you know what, I want to make decisions and choices that are pleasing to God and bless my brothers and sisters. That supernatural power that accompanies the wisdom and knowledge. So I'm going to pray for us. God, I want to thank you for all that you've done. I want to thank you that your call, your high calling upon us comes with supernatural capacity and power to live it out. Thank you for making us a royal priesthood. Thank you for making us equal heirs of the brilliance of the Father. Thank you for delivering us from slavery. Thank you for setting us free. Thank you for forgiving our debt. Thank you for making us uh, men and women of the kingdom of the son you love. Thank you, God. Amen.